Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Coyote. I am Patrick Coyote. I'm, of course, joined by my amazing co host. All-pro, cornerback, all-decade, four-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl 50 champion, Denver Broncos legend, soon-to-be Ring of Famer, hopefully in the coming years, Chris Harris Jr. Chris, my man, what is going on? How are you doing today? Doing good, man. Doing great. Beautiful Friday. And just excited to hop on here. Let's talk about some sports, man. Let's talk about what's going on in the world. Yes, sir. Well, the NBA draft is concluded it is over and we talked about it in our last episode the portland trailblazers did not trade damian lillard just yet just yet they did pick scoot henderson with the third overall pick of course uh victor Wemanyama, the seven foot four freak out of france yeah goes first to the spurs uh brandon miller the surprise pick at two for the charlotte yeah. hornets little interesting uh dynamic going on there but the Blazers end up with Scoot Henderson. Now they have Scoot and Dame. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Chris, what do you think about the draft? Who yeah. Who is your favorite pick? I know you have a favorite pick for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. My favorite pick is, of course, seeing my KU boy, uh, Grady Dick, yeah. man. I love watching him play last year um, as a true freshman and came in and ball. But now he's in Toronto. So congrats to him. Um, of course, you know, I got to check out my Lakers, you know. We, uh, we, I took a, uh, a point guard from Indiana named Jalen Hood. He's, he's going to be nice. Yeah. I like his game. So hopefully he can be able to come in and uh, move out D'Angelo Russell because we, we need a new point guard for sure. So, <laughs> But uh, yeah. uh, Victor is going to be great. I think he, he he's going to have to put on a little bit more muscle. But, man, when you're seven foot five and got skills like that, it's hard to, it's hard to train that. So it's going to be an exciting year. Yeah, he he is honestly insane to watch. His handles at that size and with how big his hands are, it's insane. It was insane to watch yeah. him play. He it's going to be really interesting to see what you know Greg Popovich does with Victor Wembanyama. Of course, Grady Dick had the outfit yeah. of the night. His you know red, yeah, with the sparkly, red. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not in Kansas anymore. That was that was a cold line. I'm not even going to lie. That was that was cold. And he's he's going to be a really fun add to that Toronto Raptors team. So definitely excited to watch him. But Chris, let's get into the Broncos because we've got some good topics that we're talking about today. The first topic is Vance Joseph returning to the Broncos Mm -hmm. as defensive coordinator, not as head coach. He was the head coach in 2017 and 2018. Of course, he was fired after that 2018 season. Uh, Had a coaching record of 11 and 21 during his tenure in Denver, but it wasn't necessarily all on him. And now that he's coming mm-hmm. back after spending some time with Arizona and working on their defense, it's going to be a little interesting. He spoke on it the other day after Broncos minicamp had ended, and he was talking about some things like returning to Denver and what it was like when he got the call from Sean Payton to come to Denver and, and be a part of his staff. Mm-hmm. But Chris, I want to get your thoughts. You played – under Vance Joseph in 2017 and 2018. What was he like as a head coach? Yeah, yeah. I thought he was great, man. Uh, definitely a player's coach, but he definitely got on us too. You know, it was a kind of, he was going through his learning phase, you know, being the first time head coach. And um, I think as, as he continued to, 
the first year was a little rocky, but the next year I think he got way better. You know, he was improving. You know, getting comfortable. And uh, unfortunately, we had some we had some hard injuries that year, and uh, didn't get the job done. But I think Coach Joseph uh, will be a lot better as a D coordinator. You know, this time around where he doesn't have to really worry about the whole team aspect. He can just focus on the defense. You know, he loves the DBs. He's going to be around the DBs all the time in the secondary. So I think they'll they'll love it being able to get that insight and be able to get more uh, that more time with Coach Joseph on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think the really important thing is people need to understand that the separation between being a head coach, being the guy who's at yeah. the top and running the whole show is so – it, there's so much more involved when like compared to being just yeah. the, a coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're having to look over multiple groups and multiple staffs and multiple personnel groupings. Whereas a, a coordinator, you're just kind of, you, you're working with one unit and you're working with, yeah. Well, like if you're the DC, you're going to be working with multiple coaches. Sure. But they're all your guys. You're all in together, yeah. always with a group. So you know, and, and that's been kind of echoed with the things that some players have said, and even Justin Simmons, we've talked about this before on the show a couple of times, but he's seen Coach Joseph now as the DC more than he saw him in his two years as a head coach. So yeah, I, I think that that's a really important aspect. And it, like you said, it just allows him to do what he enjoys and work with the defense. Yeah. So as far as the fans go, I think a lot of people want to know, you know, in this second time around, we've seen what he did in Arizona. And honestly, he didn't do terrible with the group that he had. Mm-hmm. He had some really good players in that Arizona defense. And he had some players that maybe not a lot of people knew, but still performed well. So he got a lot out of his players. Yeah. He's talked about combining his philosophies from what he had in Arizona and bringing it to this new look Denver Broncos defense, combining those two philosophies from the defense last year in Denver and and in Arizona, what do you think fans can expect to see from a Vance Joseph run defense? Yeah. I think when he says combining, um, I think he means blitzing a lot more, you know? I think um, with the D-line that we have, um, with the linebackers, I think we're going to be sending a lot of pressure, a lot more heat. And, uh, we didn't see – I don't know where Denver ranked. I don't think they were very high in, in blitz percentage, you know, last year. But um, definitely with Coach Joseph, he's going to bring exotic looks. He's going to bring um, different different blitzes from everywhere, safeties, corners, you know, nickels. Everybody's going to get a chance to blitz. Everybody's going to get a chance to get their name called to, to go make a play. Yeah. So that's what I see them doing a lot more is he's going to turn up more of the aggressiveness – He's going to bring the more exotic looks to the game and uh, more than what they did last year. So be able to have some traps, be able to confuse the quarterbacks and give these quarterbacks different looks. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to have a lot of quality chess pieces to move around. We saw in Arizona, they drafted guys like Isaiah Simmons, who is kind of that hybrid safety linebacker type. You know, he doesn't really fit into one specific cog but he's going to have so many people at his disposal that he'll be able to run some really exotic blitzes. He'll be able to run some really great cover. He'll be able to trust it. I, I know they, did you guys run a lot of man yeah. or did you guys run a lot of zone uh, with coach Joseph? Oh, you play a lot of man with coach Joseph. 
Uh, okay. Definitely. And he, he gives you a couple of times where you can uh, have some track corner, um, be able to uh, look at the quarterback and be able to jump some routes and out of, out of the exotic look. But Sertan and the corners, they're going to be on the island. They play man. You're going to play yeah. man. He's going to bring the heat. He's going to put pressure on the corners to make plays. And that's what he does. So you got to be, you got to have BBs to be able to hold up in his system. And that's, and uh, hopefully right now we got those pieces that can hold up. And uh, cause coach Joseph is going to bring the heat. That's what he does. Yeah. Now compared to you've played under Wade Phillips, who is arguably mm-hmm. one of the greatest defensive minds that this game has ever seen. Do you see any similarities between the type of yeah. scheme that Joseph ran versus the type of scheme that you ran under Coach Wade? Yeah, uh, almost identical, almost right. You got uh, okay. What people don't know is that um, Coach Joseph come on, he comes under Wade Phillips. He's Wade Phillips. He's yeah. one of his children. You know what I mean? He's one of his one of his <laughs> proteges. You know, Coach, Coach Joseph comes from Wade Phillips tree. Like that's just what it is, man. Yeah. So. A lot of everything is similar. Uh, you're going to have to uh, – but I would say he has a little bit more tweaks. He has a little bit different looks. Yeah, he has – and he, he – of course, he has the basics of Wade Phillips' uh, defense, right? Yeah. But, you know, he, has, he puts his own little sprinkle on there and different exotic looks that he wants. So um, I, I would do that too if I was a coach. I'm taking Coach Wade Phillips' defense, of course, and then I'll add a sprinkle yeah. of Fangio. I had a sprinkle of Joseph, yeah. Yeah. you know, I had a sprinkle of all these guys, you know, and, and put it in together. And I think that's smart as a coach. I think that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Evolve as a coach. Yeah. Definitely have to evolve and adapt. And especially with the way that offenses are evolving and adapting in today's game as well. You have to be aware of that as a head coach and I, mm-hmm. I or even as a, as a defensive coach. So uh, yeah. I, I think that's, a fantastic way to look at it. And I'm excited. I, I think there's a lot of chess pieces yeah. that Vance can use and I, and the guys that they drafted and the guys that they brought in in free agency, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for him to use guys in certain scenarios and, and in different ways. But Chris uh, right. Vance also had this to say about Sean Payton. He said that Sean Payton is arguably one of the best offensive play callers that this game has ever seen. Uh, he, he talked about his tempo and his play calling and and how he'll play mind games with defensive coaches. I mean, he, he talked about mm-hmm. preparing for a game against Sean Payton and they spend all this time preparing for certain situations. And and then Sean Payton will pull out a play from years ago. He'll set you up and he'll he'll call a play from years ago that you were not expecting at all. And that's just the way that he operates. So. Yeah, you you've played in this league for a long time. You know what what makes Sean Payton so difficult yeah. to play against or even prepare against as a player? Man, he he's a he's a definitely a coach that's going to take what you give him, right? Mm-hmm. He's he doesn't like to force the ball. He 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 takes what they give him. He'll take his shots, right? Uh, but he's gonna he's gonna move the ball methodically down the field. Right, he's yeah. gonna take some big shots, a couple, couple shots. He's not like one of these running gun coaches, you know, not like Andy Reid all the time, you know, twenty four seven streaks yeah. down the field, everybody go. <laughs> That's not how he's gonna run. You know, they're gonna run the football, use the play action, spread the ball around, right, and try to try to do things that's gonna fit Russell, right. Yeah. And um, 
He, he's always hard to play against, man. You know, when I had to play against him, they had Jimmy Graham, Colston, uh, Sproles. Um, that yeah. was like younger, my younger, and they were just, it was, it, it, we beat them, but they were tough. You know, it was tough yeah. to get them because uh, they had so many weapons and he feeds everybody. So I think they, yeah. the, uh, the receivers, they're going to love him way more, way better because they should yeah. all get a, get the rock. He's going to have place each week to set them up and yeah. especially the run game. We gotta have a consistent run game because the balance. That's how you work. Yeah. Sean Payton is a balance coach. I don't. I don't think people understand that. You know, with him, yeah. I hope they don't think he's a running gun coach or a spread yeah. coach. No, he's not. He's a balanced, yeah, he, offensive minded coach, and yeah, that's what he's gonna use. Yeah, yeah, a lot of power. He'll he'll use power. He'll use duo. He'll he'll put RPO yeah. into his game. I mean, he is one of those coaches like we were talking about. He has developed yeah. and, and he's changed his play calling and his schemes to adjust. I, I was, I was watching this video the yeah. other day of uh, talking about, you know, certain things that he did with Drew Brees in new Orleans. And, and it was getting me so excited mm-hmm. for what we could see with Russell Wilson and the news of Russell at, at minicamp completing 16 passes in a row against the defense, just getting in rhythm. Those are the things that we mm-hmm. want to see. And we want to hear about a Sean Payton led team and hopefully defenses this this year around hopefully they feel the same way that yeah. Vance felt when he was talking about coach Payton but Chris I want to talk about veteran effects on a team we have a lot we're at a, a junction with the Broncos where we've got a good blend of young talent and a and a solid blend of veteran players and two mm-hmm. of the players that i want to highlight in this topic are kareem jackson and justin simmons who have played together for a few years now what what does it mean for younger defensive backs to come into this league mm-hmm. and be in the same room as as a veteran player not i mean not even just like an all pro hall of fame caliber type mm-hmm. player but just a, a someone who's been around the league for a long time. Yeah. I oh, mean, first of all, you got to be good, a good man first, a good person, a good human being first off top, right? And when you see Kareem and you see Justin, they're, they're, they're a great standard of what you need to be as a good teammate, uh, as a good brother, right? Um, yeah. Seeing how they played so long. You know, Kareem, I think he's on 13 or 14. He, uh, he's a year ahead of me, yeah, I think. Uh, so uh, Kareem being able to play corner, nickel, safety, being able to play every position um, is going to be very vital, I think, as a great leader for those guys that they need in the locker room. Uh, Justin, him now having that experience of being able to make uh, – being a playmaker in this league, you know, now for the last couple of years and setting himself up to be one of the top guys at his position, uh, you need that. you need that type of guy in a locker room so guys can lean on to when things get hard, we expect Justin or somebody to make that play, you know. And yeah. uh, those, those things are important. And those guys are going to be able to spread that confidence to the younger guys, right? Give that confidence to uh, Mathis or to any of the younger DBs that they have, younger safeties that they have. And that's what you got to have. I think a lot of teams miss that, right? They don't have a vet yeah. on each team. And we see that work in basketball, right? They keep a vet on each team, right? Because yeah. – you need those guys in the locker room to be able to help these young men because a lot of times these young players don't listen to coaches. They don't care about what the coaches say, right? Nope. You know, 
So off the field, you need a guy that's that's going to be able to help them with any questions that they have because they're going through a lot of stuff, not only just on the football field, but off the field. Yeah. So being able to have a guy that has experience with that, married men, you know, that's handling their business off the field, uh, those two are great leaders for the uh, Broncos. That I think every team needs that type of – you need a vet on each team yeah. to be able to, to mold the locker room, be able to make sure, keep guys accountable, and that's that. hopefully that – uh, a lot of younger guys respect. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think back to that 2015, those 2014, 2015 teams where you had guys like Demarcus Ware, who was a huge yeah. impact on and off the field. Uh, guys like Evan Mathis on the offensive line, like yeah. that's just a, that is a a veteran dude who yeah. played a, a big difference. Like, of course, you have Peyton Manning, who's the, the consummate hall of fame veteran, but it's those little guys that you need, mm-hmm. you know, those veterans in, in key spots. I think of Demarius Thomas yeah. being in, in that situation, he was a veteran receiver at that point, you know? Um, yeah. and, and I think that's, it's so important that they have that. We'll, we'll call it the Udonis Haslam effect, right? You just yeah. have a veteran who, even if he doesn't play, he's still going to be that guy who's going to guide you on and off the field. But you did have, right a hall of fame guy in your group. When you came in one of the greatest cornerbacks to ever play this game, one of the most entertaining players to ever be on the defensive side of the ball, champ Bailey, the hall of famer. What, what did it mean to you coming into the league as an undrafted free agent an undrafted rookie out of college to, to be in the same room as the goat of cornerback play? Oh, man, it was a great experience, you know, being able to come right in and be able to learn uh, straight from the standard. You know, he was a stand-up yeah. cornerback of, of how to be a pro, of how to, how to how does he approach every day. I remember Champ telling me, he's like, man, I'm never missed a day of work, you know. Yeah. And that same thing with me. I never missed a day of work, you know. So that was just That's a great. mentality that he had uh, of coming to work every day and performing. Right. And yeah. one thing I've seen about Champ is that he never was emotional swayed. Like he was always the same. Even if he got beat for a touchdown, he's the same after the game. Yeah. Right. He might be bad yeah. inside, but you, you won't be able to tell. <laughs> right. He's, you, he's not he's not going to be you're not going to be able to see it on him. Right. Champ was yeah. always the same. A good day or a bad day. And having coming in with Champ, coming in with Brian Dawkins, uh, Andre mm-hmm. Goodman, all those guys had 10 plus years. Uh, me coming in. So being able to see those guys work, learn how to be a professional on and off the field, uh, that was huge for my uh, development and my me having confidence to come in and play and get our all-rookie team as uh, my first year in the league. So um, that was huge uh, from my standpoint and, and confidence. Yeah, I, I remember the season where Champ led the league in interceptions. That was one of my favorite years as a yeah. Broncos fan. Um, and you know, I remember watching you as a rookie against the Chargers in the comeback game. I think we all know what game yeah. that is. But your pick six was it was like, oh man, we have another. That's my second year. Team. That's my that second was, year. That was that was like the moment <laughs> when I was like, oh, we have another Champ Bailey on the team. Um, so I I want to I want to know you have played yeah. with a lot of great players. You played with Brian Dawkins. You played with Champ Bailey. You played with Demarcus Ware, Von Miller, Aqib Tlaib. You played with so many great players in your career. Was there anyone, mm-hmm. and, and we'll open this up as a 
really open-ended. Any era, mm-hmm. any any team, any time, who was one player that you wish you could have played in the same yeah. defense with? Oh, in the same defense with? Yeah, same side, yeah. Same, same side of the ball. I'm going to go with Ed Reed. Oh, Ed Reed. I never got, <laughs> always wanted to play with Ed Reed, man. Because I yeah. feel like if I got beat, he would always come and clean it up, make it, fix my <laughs> mistakes, you know? Yeah. And uh, make sure I got right, man. And just the way he mentally had approached the game, just seeing him and Ray Lewis all the time, they were always prepared. Yep. And uh, so Ray, Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu. Yeah. Uh, let me get one right. more. Let me get a let me yeah. let me get a pass rusher. Uh, somebody like a uh, who's a dumb Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. Uh, definitely you have him. You, know, you played with that's Bond. like a Bob Taylor and yeah, that's, basically, yeah. that's basically the same thing. Let's just you know, yeah. For, for the sake of Vaughn, we'll just say Vaughn. You know? uh, <laughs> The Vaughn's, Vaughn's gonna text you as soon as he hears that. He's gonna be like, "What the hell, man?" Uh, <laughs> but Chris, let's get into the no fly zone. This section yeah. that is all about you. Uh, you know, something that popped up on my Instagram the other day from Broncos Avenue was when you guys were playing the Titans. I can't remember which season it was, but you guys were playing the Titans. And Harry mm-hmm. Douglas, the receiver for the Titans, took a cheap shot at your knees during one of the plays. And it started a huge fight. I remember watching that game and I saw you go down and I was like, oh, no, what happened? I was like, Chris can't get hurt right now. Yeah. And then they showed the replay because it was off. It was off the screen and they showed the replay of it. And I was like, oh, OK. And then Akib went over straight over to yeah. the sideline. Take us through that whole incident. Like, what led up to this? What was said? Yeah. Like, were there any words exchanged before he just tried to chop you down? Like, what, what was going on? Well, I knew it was a run play because he that guy never came in unless it was a run play. Right? Ooh. So, um, when he came in, I, I, knew, I knew it was a run, you know. So, I wasn't even going hard, you know. It's run away. I'm not going to make the tackle. It's, yeah. it's balls going away from me. I'm at right corner, you know? Yeah. It's running to, towards the keep side. Then, out of nowhere, he just comes and blocks me, like takes out my le- my right knee, yep. you know, from behind me. And, you know, I was surprised. It was one of those things where you kind of feel your leg kind of buckle, but, Oof. like, you're, like, you're glad, like, it's still intact. Everything is good, <laughs> you know? And that's how it was, you know? And, uh I was definitely bruised. I'll never forget. I had a bruise on the back of my leg for sure. Oh. It was definitely sore. Mm-mm. But, yeah, I mean, that's how we were, you know. Uh, still to this day, I mean, we all fight for each other. You know, yeah. that's just how it goes. So, and uh, especially our defense. No words? Yeah. No word. He just, like, not even before the play. No words. But, man, cheap shots. Cheap shots. Just you know? cheap shot, man. There's no <laughs> words, no beef. I never talked to this guy. I wasn't dealing with him, you know. He wasn't leaving the main receiver, you yeah. know, for the Titans. So it was just – it was a run play. It was a play that, you know, I guess I was just on the hit list that, yeah. that week. You know, you, they had to get me out of the game. Yeah, they they had to get you out. Too, you're too big of a piece. You're too big of a piece. That's, and seeing a key yeah. come over, I mean, obviously, that that is – that's basic. I mean, I whenever I was playing, yeah. if, if I saw someone messing with one of my teammates, I – the next play or even that same play, I'd 
let them know, you know? Um, so yeah. it's, it's happened. It's one of those things that happens in football, but you had your guys behind you and, and that's what matters. And I know a lot of Broncos yeah. fans felt the same way that I felt in that moment, that just sinking feeling of like, this can't happen <laughs> to this guy. Like we need him. Broncos fans love you, Chris. There's no doubt about it. We've seen it. We've seen the reactions uh, from the announcements of, of this show. Um, when you left Denver, it was a very somber day because it felt like another piece of us had been taken away. But, you know, that's that's the life mm -hmm. of the NFL. Talk to us about your love for Broncos country, your love for the fans, what it was like during yeah. your, your tenure here in Denver. And um, just talk us through, like, your feelings about Broncos fans in general. Yeah. Oh, man, dude, there's nothing like them, you know, especially when it comes to football in Denver, you know, that's all they care about, really. Now we got the Nuggets balling. I'm pretty sure they're probably, they're, they're probably still creeping in over there, you know, but it's oh, still yeah. a football town, you know. Yeah. It's Denver, you know. And uh, it was always fun. We loved it there. Me and my family loved it there, you know. My babies, a lot of my babies grew up in Denver. Yeah. So being able to uh, just see them being born there and, having ties there and all the fans are always great, you know, until I left, you know. <laughs> Everybody had me out there. But, but uh before then, man, it was always uh, it was always a pleasure playing there. Um fans always definitely uh, showed love towards me. Um gave me that motivation to keep pushing out there, keep pushing and keep working. And it, uh, it's not like Broncos fans at all. You know, yeah. every team that I went to, um even the Chargers fans, they're not they're not close to Denver fans, you know. Uh, when it All comes to, of. you know, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not close. <laughs> it's not close. And now that they got Herbert, they starting to get some fans, you know. Yeah. Uh, even the Saints, the Saints fans are crazy now. Saints fans the Saints, are crazy. Now, yeah, the Saints they, fans they, are crazy. They, they I just love hard. the Saints fans. Yeah. They were cool. Uh, but Denver, man, it's, it's nothing like it. I mean, everywhere we go, Denver fans travel, you know. Yeah. We go play um, just like the Chargers. We go play in L.A. We go play in San Diego. Half the stadium is orange. Yep. Right. Right. So it, it always everywhere we went, they traveled with us. Uh, we knew that we were going to have that orange. They, the orange was going to be there. Yeah. So every yeah, it was always fun playing in Denver. The fans were always great, and that's us. I mean, from the jump, man, until probably I left. That's probably when they started hating me. But <laughs> other than that, man, it, I've always had love for Denver fans. For I sure. feel like. I feel like hate is such a strong word for such a nice guy. Like, no, I got a lot of hate mail. I got a lot of hate. It's, that's so insane to me, man. Like, it, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's a business, man. just how it goes. Of course, I would love to stay in Denver my whole career, yeah. but it just didn't work out like that, man. And, uh, it's just not the way and that's just how business goes. That's how, that's how it goes sometimes. Well, hey, you know what? Maybe if things go the way that they go this season – who knows? <laughs> George Payton might be giving you a call. Um, so, Chris, last thing here. Every athlete, I feel like, has that, like, one playlist. That one playlist, yeah. whether it's for working out or for playing a game. I know I have a playlist before I go play flag football. I had a playlist when I was playing uh, when, when I was playing football that I had to listen to before every game during warm-ups. Mm -hmm. what, what was your go-to playlist? Give me, like, give me, like, yeah, four or five artists that were on your like go to pregame playlist. I'll never forget Super Bowl year. The only thing we played that whole year was uh, that Drake and Future. What a time to be alive! Oh, oh when that came out, wow. that's all we played. You know, that's all yeah. we played was that Drake and Future. 
that but uh, that diamond diamond yeah diamonds dancing digital <laughs> dash that was a you know that was jumpman jumpman yeah. that was our that was the whole yeah, season yeah. you know so that was our that was our that was just the anthem that year you know yeah. uh who else is pretty good Rick Ross I'm always a Ross fan oh. uh Little Wayne I grew up on Wayne yeah uh, but those are those are definitely my go tos before the game for sure. Yeah, yeah. Can't I lose mean, in any of those. I guys. was uh I, I was waiting, you know, when we were in Seattle for game one last year, I was waiting for future to come on the uh come on the sound <laughs> just because of the, the Russell Wilson thing. They didn't surprisingly, they did not play it when when the Broncos came out. I really thought they were going to. But uh yeah, future future's gotta be in the mix. You gotta have some like I I had uh I had a lot of like Carter two, Carter three, Wayne. On yeah. there. Uh, I had, you know, we had Drake, um, but like, we also listened to, uh, we would listen, we would listen to some, like, we'd listen to some old school stuff sometimes, but I don't know. It just doesn't get you as like, as like hype. Yeah. But, uh, Hey, you, you put on BMF by Rick Ross before a game and, <laughs> and you're going to be, Ross is in that in, you know, <laughs> yeah. Rick Ross, he, he wasn't just trying to do his little car shows and stuff then. He was actually rapping uh, then at that time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The, yeah. Big, blowing Money Fast was like, that That was a top one for me. But yeah. Chris, this has been an awesome convo. I love getting your insight on Vance Joseph. Love your insight yeah. on the locker room stuff. Make sure that you guys subscribe to Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Coyote on what ever podcast listening platform that you're listening to follow us on twitter at chris harris jr at patrick Coyote. make sure you follow the believe network at as well at believe network and broncos country until next time let's ride thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.